All right, so we will be in Ephesians chapter number six. Tonight we finished out chapter number five. Uh, Paul in chapter five was <clears throat> ended up the chapter, uh, start talking about uh, the home and how the home is supposed to operate. We saw last week uh, what he said uh, to wives and to husbands, how that we are supposed to uh, treat each other and <clears throat> the priorities there. And now Paul continues the theme on the home, on the family uh, in chapter number six. <clears throat> so in chapter six, verses uh, one through nine, uh, you're talking about the family. So we'll see in verses one through three, he's going to address children. In verse number four, he's going to address fathers. And then in uh, verses five through eight, uh, he starts talking about servants. So let's get started with um, verse number one and the subject of children. Verse number one says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. <clears throat> so this word obey, uh, right here where it says obey your parents in the Lord, that simply means to do what you're told. So a child is told that they should not only hear their parents, but listen to them and obey them and do uh, what they're told. Now, then Paul adds in... <clears throat> So he said, not only obey your parents, but he said, in the Lord. So that phrase, in the Lord, what that means is, is that only in things that the Lord would approve of. So children are not obligated to follow their parents' instructions if they're told to do things that would be sinful. So <clears throat> anything that would go against the word of God would go against what God would have a person to do a child at that point is not obligated uh, to be obedient to their parents. But anything outside of that, <clears throat> in the home, children are told to obey their parents. Uh, we have to remember, sometimes it's easy to forget, that uh, kids are human and they're people, just like we are. And sometimes they, they have likes and dislikes, they have hopes and dreams and desires and things they want to do and things they want to accomplish and we have to remember that and we have to take that into account <clears throat> when we are dealing with our children but this uh, plainly says that this is right this is the right thing Paul says it's right for a child to listen to his parents and do uh, what they're told uh, most of you are probably a little bit like I was when I was growing up, sometimes I could be hard to deal with and I could be stubborn. And, and I, you know, I found out early that uh, if, I, if I begged mom long enough and, and pushed her long enough, she'd finally give in and let me do whatever it was I wanted to do, uh, most of the time anyway. Uh, so I was sometimes a uh, thorn in my mother's side. Uh, now, I couldn't get away with stuff like that with my dad. 
my dad wasn't nearly as concerned about my feelings as like like mom was. Mom was much more concerned about how I felt about things than my dad, and I think that's uh, for the most part probably true in in uh, most homes. But then in verse number two, he says to honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now. Paul didn't just stop with telling children that they should obey their parents. He went on to say, not only obey, but to honor. And that word honor means to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect. So according to the word of God, not only are children supposed to do what they're told, but they're supposed to respect their parents. They're supposed to give their parents uh, honor. They're supposed to regard them with admiration. Uh, A child that disrespects their parents but yet does what they're told is only, that's only half right. (laughs) They're they're only halfway there. Um, And I think that's true in all of our lives. It's just that with children, uh, it's critically important that they're taught that when they're young. Because if if we don't teach our children that when they're young, when they get older... If a child will not obey and honor uh, their parent, they're not going to obey or honor their wife or their husband. They're not going to obey or honor law enforcement. They're not going to obey or honor uh, people, uh, their boss on the job. They're going to have disrespect for everybody. So that's why Paul is saying here that not only is it right, uh, but it's also very important. And it says that... um, This is the first commandment with promise. So that goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. That's kind of what Paul is quoting here. Uh, So Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord God giveth to thee. So then in verse number 3, he says, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. <clears throat> Warren Wiersbe said, um, When children obey their parents in the Lord, they will escape a good deal of sin and danger, and thus avoid the things that could threaten or shorten their lives. But life is not measured only by quanti- quantity of time. It is also measured by quality of experience. God enriches the life of the obedient child no matter how long they may live on the earth. Sin always robs us. Obedience always enriches us. So a child is obligated to obey their parents, to honor their parents, and because of that, their life will be blessed. Uh, The Bible tells us that we reap what we sow. And if uh, we want to be... uh, our lives blessed and we want to have longevity of life, that doesn't mean that every person that dies young was a disobedient child to their parents. Uh, and it doesn't mean that disobedient children won't live past the age of 18. That doesn't mean that at all. But what God is saying is that that is one of the blessings that he gives for people that are <clears throat> obedient and respectful to their parents. Now we're going to get into verse number four, and uh, we're going to start talking about fathers. 
So Paul said in verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So Paul's, uh, uh, we see that in, in chapter 5, uh, verse 22 down through verse number 33, and now here in chapter 6, uh, verse 1 through 3, where he's talking about children, and now he's talking about, or talking, speaking to fathers, um, he is an equal opportunity. <laughs> he, he, he's addressing every part of the home here. So he's not letting anybody necessarily off the hook, <clears throat> uh, but he's addressing God's will uh, for the home and for the family. So uh, God not only gives instructions to the children, but he does it to the parents as well. So this word father, uh, where it says, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, that is a Greek word that uh, is a Greek word pater, P-A-T-E-R. And not that has a dual meaning, just like a lot of words have dual meanings. So it has a dual meaning. It does mean father as in the male parent, uh, but it also means parents, plural. So this can be interpreted, uh, it could have easily been translated parents the same as it could have been translated father because it has that dual meaning. And I think that um, it is addressing both parents <clears throat> because both parents are involved in discipline. Uh, but I think one of the reasons why that the translators translated it as father as opposed to parents is because as dads, we're probably uh, a little more prone uh, to provoking our children to wrath. It, it, we, we probably are a little bit stricter on them, uh, a little harder on them. I know that in, in my family, uh, my dad was uh, a little more strict than my mother. Didn't mean that I could get away with anything with mom either, but dad was uh, more strict uh, as far as my family uh, and my sons. I was uh, more strict on them than my wife was. And I joke with her all the time. I had, I've got two sons, and uh, I was hard on my boys. I wanted them to grow up to be men and to stand on their own two feet and, and, and be good uh, young men and do what's right. Uh, and I tell people all the time that God gave me sons for a reason because if I had two daughters, they would have probably had me wrapped around their little finger, and they would have probably been the most spoiled worthless children on the planet. Everybody would have hated them because I probably, I probably wouldn't have done any discipline. Uh, that would have been Angie's responsibility, I guess. Uh, so God gave me, I, t I joke and say, uh, God gave me sons for a reason uh, because I probably would have been uh, way too easy uh, if I had daughters. But here, uh, Paul addresses his remarks uh, to fathers. Uh, but as we said, that Greek word can mean parents. While God has placed the father as the head of the home, both parents are in the leadership role. It's critical that the parents are united in the care, instruction, and discipline of children. You can't have a godly, spirit-filled home if one parent, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's the dad or if it's the mom, if you have one parent that's trying to enforce rules and enforce discipline and the other parent just lets the children get away with anything and everything 
that causes for a dysfunctional home. Uh, the children know that when dad's here, they get away with everything. And when mom's here, they got to toe the line or vice versa. Uh, that doesn't make for happy children. It doesn't make for a happy home. Um, sometimes you'll have one parent who does not want to, quote, be the bad guy. Um, and as a result, they will not enforce the discipline and the rules of the home. While in the short term, the children will really enjoy that. They, they will enjoy the freedom. They will enjoy the fact that, hey, you know, dad's not home, so we can do all these things that we, that we uh, can't do when he's here or vice versa. Um, but in the long run, over time, uh, what that does is it will cause those children to lose respect for that parent and they won't respect them. They'll still love them. Uh, they'll, they'll love that parent just as much as they do the other parent, but they will lose respect for them. Uh, just like you would lose respect for your boss at work. If your boss uh, did not do things that were right or things that were fair and let people, you know, you're working hard and somebody else is goofing off and not doing their job and you're having to work harder because they're not doing their job, the boss knows about it but doesn't do anything about it, lets it go, you lose respect for the person that's your boss. So, and a lot of people miss that. A lot of parents uh, don't want to uh, be hard on their kids and don't want to enforce discipline. And sometimes it's both parents that are that way. And God, God help them when their children get older, uh, if that's the case. Now, when children are grown adults, you can be their friend but when they're living at home, we have to be their parent. <clears throat> my relationship with my sons changed when they moved out of my house and went and lived on their own. Because when they lived in my home, I was the boss. And it didn't matter if they were five or 25. If they lived in my house, they lived by my rules. They, they, they did what my wife and I told them. And it wasn't a matter of age. When they were 18, I didn't, I mean, I treated them a little differently. They had more freedoms and, and, and we trusted them with more things. But still, there was, there was rules in the house that these certain things you didn't do, these other things you had to do. Um, <clears throat> you know, they had to clean up after themselves. They had to, uh, they couldn't come in at two o'clock in the morning, all that other kind of stuff. There was, there was certain standards and certain rules that we had. Um, but when they left my home, uh, now my position changed into more of a friend role or a mentor role in the fact that now I give my children advice because they don't have to listen to what dad says. They, they don't have to, they can run their home however they want to run their home. They can, they can make decisions on their own even if I don't agree with those decisions. So uh, I had to learn to uh, ease off a little bit and not give my sons instructions, but to give them advice and to help them see the pros and the cons. To, even if they ask for advice, dad, what should I do here? Well, I can't tell them what they should do. I can't tell them what they need to do. What I tell them is, well, if you make this decision, this good thing will happen. This, there's a possibility that this bad thing might happen. If you make that decision, I try to help them weigh the pros and the cons. And then I would always put it in the phrase of, I never tell them what they should do. I always tell them, well, if it was me, you know, if they, if they really want to know 
my advice and, and the decision they should make, I'd say, if it was me, this is what I would choose and here's why. Because I feel this way or I think this way, uh, but they're grown men and uh, we have to treat them as grown men. But going back to verses one through three, where it's talking about children, obey your parents and honor your parents. That's not an age limit. That, that is a lifetime commitment. So I will tell you that if my sons come home for a visit and they disrespect their mother, I will be in their face. I, it doesn't matter that my son's 30 years old. He's not going to disrespect his mother. And if his mother says, pick those shoes up, he's not going to say no. He's going to pick those shoes up. Now, when he's at his house, he can throw his shoes down anywhere he wants. But when he's in our house, he's going to show respect and he's going to honor and he's still going to be obedient. And we don't have that problem with our children at all. But that is um, something that is a lifetime commitment on our part as children. Uh, even right now, my mother and my father uh, are deceased and they went on to be with the Lord. But I still have to respect them. Uh, you know, I can't. Uh, I can't just go out here and say bad things about them or whatever. I still have to show them respect, even though they're not even alive. And I still have to honor them as my, as my mom and my dad. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that I agreed with everything they did. Uh, it doesn't mean that I agreed with every decision they made when I was young and, and living at home. Uh, but that is irrelevant. Um, Paul said that... Uh, Children are supposed to obey and honor their parents, whether they like it or not. I mean, whether they like the decision that's made or not. And fathers and parents, we have to be careful not to provoke those children to wrath. Now, that phrase, provoke not your children to wrath, means uh, do not unnecessarily make your children angry. Because that's very easy to do. Uh, if a child wants to do something and we say no... Uh, even though that it's probably not that big of a deal and we know it's important to them, uh, we, can, we can make a child react in a negative way. Uh, and I've seen that a lot of times with a lot of parents. I've seen it, you know, I've made that mistake. Uh, I'm sure most parents have, but I've seen it with a lot of parents to where just how they speak to their children will cause them to be angry or resentful. So it's, sometimes it's not that, the parents said the wrong thing. It's how they handled the situation. So I can remember one time, um, you know, you, you make mistakes as a parent and you learn from them. And I can remember one time I disciplined my oldest son. He was probably uh, seven years old uh, and he should have been disciplined for what he did. Uh, but the mistake that I made was that I disciplined him and I scolded him in front of his friends that were at our house for a visit. So if I, had, if I had said the same thing to him in private, he would not have been angry or resentful toward me. But the fact that I embarrassed him and I said it in front of his friends that were there, uh, it belittled him and it made him resentful and it made him angry. Uh, just like it would any of us. If, I, if my boss came to me and scolded me in front of all of my coworkers, I would be resentful for that. But my boss could say the same thing to me in private like they should, and I wouldn't be 
as resentful, uh, especially if it's something that I needed to hear or needed to be said. Now, John Phillips, um, I got a quote from him. It says, the Bible is a balanced book. God does not command children to obey their parents without giving an injunction to parents. Uh, he agrees. It says fathers or parents, uh, as the Greek word pater can be translated, uh, are not to provoke their children to wrath by using Unre by being unreasonable in their demands, outrageous in their punishment, or inconsistent in their examples, their rules, or their controls. So, and I really like that quote because I think it really uh, brings it to life in the fact that uh, how, can a, how can parents provoke their children to wrath? Well, by being unreasonable uh, in their demands. When we demand more of a child than they can uh, provide. Um, you know, we, we've seen the sports stories where the dad's really hard on the son and wants him to be the star football player or the star basketball player, and he doesn't have the physical capabilities of doing that. Or sometimes the son has the physical, or the daughter, has the physical capabilities of doing it, but they don't want to play basketball. It's not something they enjoy, but the parent pushes them into it. Uh, that can provoke uh, them to wrath. Being outrageous in their punishments. I learned early that I can't punish my children in the heat of the moment because they, they might do something wrong and I would tell them, uh, you're grounded for a week when really they should be grounded like for a day. Well, now what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and go against what you said? Uh, you know, so you got to be thoughtful about that as a parent. And I learned to take a break, think about it uh, before I pronounce, quote, judgment or pronounce a punishment uh, that I really got to step back and think about what's, what's right and what's fair, uh, what's an appropriate uh, punishment and what's not. Uh, so Colossians 321 uh, is right along the same lines. He says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So as parents, we're supposed to encourage our children. We're supposed to uh, create in them a desire to do what's right, a desire uh, to do good. But when we provoke them to anger or wrath, they become discouraged. And uh, they get down. And we live in an age right now to where there's so many children uh, teenagers and, uh, that are living lives of depression and anxiety for a lot of things that's going on, not necessarily because of parents, but as parents, we have to realize that and we have to, we have to remember that they are human too and they have feelings and they have desires and needs and wants. <clears throat> but then he goes on and he says, uh, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now this word or phrase, bring them up, means to rear up to maturity. It also means to cherish or to train them. So as parents, we should cherish our children, we should train our children, and we should be helping them to mature. Uh, one thing that I think that a lot of times parents, as parents, we forget is sometimes we forget that a, that a five-year-old kid is five years old, and we expect them to act like a 12 or 13-year-old. Uh, and especially if we have an older child and then a younger child, some, it's easy to get frustrated with the younger child because they're not acting the same way that the older child does 
who's got two or three years on them, has three years of instruction and three years of, of, of learning under their belt of how to do that. But it says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the, of the Lord. So that word nurture means to discipline and the word admiration means to instruct. So we should cherish and train our children. We should discipline them and we should instruct them. Um, that will make them be mature adults if we use proper discipline and proper instruction. Now, there's a, a lot of different opinions on what discipline is and what discipline means. But let's look at what the Word of God says. And this is all uh, to parents. 12, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 6, he said, For the who the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So what he's saying is, God chastens us, he corrects us, and he disciplines us because he loves us. So as parents, if we love our children, we will instruct them, we will discipline them, <clears throat> and uh, we will um, chastise them, uh, all because out of a, a uh, place of love. Hebrews 13, 24 this is one of the uh, most um, sometimes uh, proclaimed verse in the Bible, and sometimes it's the most, by some people, and some people it's the most hated verse in the Bible. But it says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chases him betimes or often. Now, I don't think this is necessarily, when, when he talks about the rod, is he talking about... Uh, Physical punishment, yes, he is, but we have to understand that the the um, the moral of it is the same. Even if you don't believe in um, spanking your children, that does not take away from the fact that they must be disciplined and they must be chastised. They must be instructed. They have to have standards. They have to have rules, and they have to be held to those standards and those rules. If a parent truly loves their children, they will discipline them. An undisciplined child is a terror to their parents and to everyone else on the planet. We've all seen it in Walmart. Some little kid that's screaming at his mama, no, I hate you, and throwing things off the shelf and everything else. I'm like, uh, can I spank your child, please? Let me, let me spank your child. Uh, so they, they are not only make their parents' lives miserable when they're undisciplined children. They make everybody else miserable. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, when I was in school, if my teacher called home and told them I wasn't doing something right, that was like a death sentence, okay? I didn't want to go home. I would run away from home if I knew the parents, if I knew my teacher had called home and talked to my mom and dad. And it was the same thing with my sons. They knew that they better listen to what the teacher said because if the teacher called me, there would be consequences to that. Um, but unfortunately now, we live in a society that if a child is misbehaving at school and giving the teacher problems, if the teacher disciplines the child or uh, corrects the child or calls the parents, the parents go to the school and jump on the teacher and defend their child. Uh, rather than saying, you should listen to your teacher, we tell the teachers, you should not try to instruct or correct my son or my daughter. Um, 
Proverbs 29, 15 and 17 says, The rod of reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Proverbs 19, 18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. So as parents, we can't give in. We, we can't, you know, they... they pitch that fit, they fall down to the floor holding their breath, kicking and screaming. My sons could do that for an hour if they wanted to. That, does, that doesn't change the rules of the house. It doesn't change the consequences of doing wrong. Uh, there has to be uh, consequences. Now, I, I go back again. If you are someone that does not believe in spanking your children or laying hands on your children, that does not mean that there cannot be consequences for that. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. When my uh, we spanked our children, and when I say spanked, I don't mean we beat them with a two-by-four, uh, but we spanked our children when they were young. Once they got about five or six years old, I, I really never spanked them again after that because there were other ways, other consequences that were much more uh, meaningful to them than me spanking them on the rear end. I can remember a conversation. My oldest son, he was about six or seven, and they had the game system. I don't remember what game system it was back then, but they had their game system, and he was being disobedient, and he didn't do what his mother told him, and I tried to correct him, and, and he didn't listen to me either. So I took the game system away for a week. No game system for a week. Then we had to get into the discussion is a week five days or is a week seven days? You know, so we had that whole discussion. Uh, but anyway, and this is what he said to me. This is a seven-year-old child looked at me and said, Dad, can I just have a spanking? And I said, no. And he said, why not? I said, because you would rather have it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to spank you I, because taking the game system away hurts worse than a spanking. So... Almost all kids have cell phones now from the time they're some some people give their kids cell phones when they're five and six years old. Well, a parent doesn't have to spank their child. They can take the cell phone away. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah you can. I, I told my son one time, <clears throat> I said, uh, this is when he was a teenager. Uh, he was wanting to do this and that. and He was he was upset because I wouldn't let him. Uh, and I, I just looked at him and I said, son, let me explain to you how the world works. I said, this is not just America. This is every country on the planet. I said, everywhere in the world, this is the way it works. I said, he who has the money has the power. I said, how much money you got? He said, I don't have any. I said, that's how much power you have. I said, I'm the one with the money. I'm the one with the power. You drive the car when I say you drive the car because I pay the insurance and I put the gas in it. It's my car. My name, my name's on that title. I can sell it tomorrow and you can't do anything about it. I have the money. I have the power. Now, when you get grown and you get your own job and you have your own money, guess what? You'll have power then. I said, but you want to know who has more power than me? People with more money than me. Somebody, you know, the CEO of my company has a lot more money and he has a lot more power than I do. That's the way the world works. So children have to understand that and they have to know that. In Proverbs 23, 13 and 14, it says, Withhold not correction from the child, 
For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Once again, if you don't think that uh, physical punishment is the right thing, you still cannot withhold correction from the child. The Bible is very, very clear. Parents are required by God to discipline their children. Now, every parent can make a decision on the right kind of discipline for their children, what's right, what, what's right for their home, but that doesn't take away from the fact that children have to be disciplined. Regardless of what kind of punishment, quote, punishment you see fit uh, to employ with your children, it is a necessity. There must be consequences for doing wrong as a child because if a child learns that there's no consequences for disobedient, then as they get older, the disobedience will get more and more and more serious. So I am a firm believer. There's a lot of folks in prison today because they were not properly disciplined when they were children. They were able to say what they want, do what they want. They able to throw things, break things, do whatever. If, if a child is, it has no respect for the authority of their parents, they're not going to respect the authority of the police officer. They're not going to respect the authority of the teacher or the principal or the dean of the college or anybody else on this planet. And that will get them in a ton of trouble. If you have an adult that does not respect authority and does not think that they have to follow the rules, that's how you get in a society, unfortunately, that we're in in the United States today. Because you have people that think the rules don't, do not apply to them and that they don't have to obey the rules. They don't have to obey the speed limit. They don't have to uh, do what they're told. They can, they can uh, damage other people's property. They can do all these things because the rules don't apply to them. And it all goes back a lot of the time to how that person was raised. All right, so we will stop there and pick up uh, in verse number five next week.